Our Bible reading this morning is taken from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 51, and we're going to read together the first 12 verses. <coughs> Let us hear the word of God. For our comfort and consolation. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 1. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein thanksgiving and the voice of melody hearken unto me my people and give ear unto me O my nation for a law shall proceed from me and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people my righteousness is near my salvation is gone forth and mine arms shall judge the people the isles shall wait upon me and on mine arm shall they trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke and the earth shall wax old like a garment and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. For the moth shall eat them up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. Awake! Awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the ancient days, in the generation of old. Art thou not it that hath cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? Art thou not it which have dried the sea, the waters of the great deep, that have made the depths of the sea a way for the ransom to pass over? Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die and of the son of man which shall be made as grass. 
Now, my text this morning is taken from Isaiah 51, verse 12. And I've entitled this theme today, Great Comfort in a Day of Great Calamity. You see, these words were uttered by Isaiah the prophet to the people of God living in exile in the land of Babylon. Remember how on three occasions Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army invaded the land of Israel, overrun Judah and Jerusalem, 605 BC, 579, 586. And during these three attacks, thousands were literally taken captive into exile. According to the prophecy of Jeremiah, it would last 70 years. Jeremiah 25, 11, Jeremiah 29 and 10. Now, I believe that the 70 years started when the temple was destroyed in 586 BC. And from that date until 515 BC, you've got the return of the exiles under Ezra and Nehemiah, coincided with the decree of Cyrus, king of Persia. Now, here's Isaiah. He's the Lord's prophet. And it's about 200 years before that event would take place, before there'd be the return of the exiles from the land of Babylon to the land of Israel. But Isaiah is prophesying, and he is telling them that the time of the deliverance for the children of Israel is near. And here's the Lord's promise. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. Sorrow and mourning shall flee away. They had prayed and longed for this deliverance. They had sung about it. They based their prayers on God's person. On God's past acts of deliverance and dealing with Egypt. And now he's talking about bringing his people home to their homeland. Now you would think that God's people, once they're free to return, would want to return. But it's one thing to be free to return to your homeland, and it's another thing to want to undertake the journey. Babylon to Jerusalem, 900 miles, four months a hard and difficult road ahead. They faced dangers along the way. Robbers, wild beasts, difficult terrain. Think of them en route. Think of them returning to the city, the site and plight of Jerusalem, the royal city. And that's what it was. The walls were knocked down. The gates had been burned. The, the temple had been destroyed. The treasures taken. Rebuilding, going to be a momentous task, a huge Add to that the trouble and woe once they started to rebuild. The Samaritans who were living there, others who were living amid the ruins, opposed them, falsely accused them. wasn't going to be easy. And besides that, many of the Jews stayed in the kingdom of Persia. Why? They were full of fear, full of worry. How could they rise above the challenge? These are discouraging times. This is a difficult situation. Well, Isaiah 51, verse 12 is the answer. Look at the text. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die, and of the son of man which shall be made as grass? 
You see, Isaiah the prophet has a word of comfort. And if you read Isaiah's prophecy, especially from chapter 40 through to chapter 26 or 66, you'll know that the second part of the book is all about comfort. In fact, in the Bible, the word comfort is used 119 times. For example, Isaiah 40 and verse 1 says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortly to Jerusalem. Think of the words in Isaiah 49 and verse 13. This is what the Bible says. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. In chapter 51, verse 3, we read, For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Do you get the picture? Chapter 52 and in the verse 9 we read, Break forth into joy, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord of comfort is people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. And the the last chapter in chapter 66 and in the verse 13 we read this, As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. See, the subject of comfort comes out time and time again. And that's what we're going to think about this morning for the next 20 minutes or so. Think of the subject of comfort. If you look at our text, it asks the question, Who art thou that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die? Now, remember the context as I've tried to give it to you. It's near the end of the period of exiles. And God is calling his people to return to their homeland. And they are full of fear. And they fear many things. And one of the things that they fear is an enemy attacking them on the road from Babylon to Jerusalem. And the Lord is saying, who art thou that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that's going to die? And of the Son of Man, which shall be made as grass. You see, here's one of their arguments not to return to Jerusalem. And Isaiah is counter-arguing. He's asking the question, who art thou that thou shouldest be afraid? If God is calling you to do this, and God's promising that he personally will be with you, He'll grant you a conscious sense of his presence. He'll grant you all the provision that you need. He'll instill you with peace. He will protect you. Then there's no need to be so fearful. Let go of your fear. Trust in him. Don't forget. If you think of the context of verse 13, it says, And forgettest the Lord thy maker that have stretched forth the heavens and led the foundation of the earth. Isaiah had reminded them that the Lord had destroyed their foes in the past. That he is for them. That he is with them. That that he is at work on their behalf as they go in the way of obedience and duty. 
Now, maybe this morning you're already here in the house of God and you're facing a particular set of problems. You're facing an unknown future, a darkness, a distressing situation. Maybe you've been brought into a new beginning, a new era, like our nation has been brought into a new era this morning, a new chapter in the life, and you're full of fear. You're full of worry. You're full of doubt. Well, then I have a message for you, and it's this. God is proclaiming. God is promising. God is providing great comfort for you. Yes, God's people can be distressed. God's people can be afraid. God's people can be depressed. And in such times, we find a great need for comfort. And is that not especially so in times of distress, times of despair, times of death? You know, it's no surprise to me that I find the subject of comfort in the Bible. 119 times the Holy Ghost used the word comfort. You could add the words comforter, comforteth, consolation, and time and time again. This truth comes to the fore. You see, is there not times in our life when we experience sadness and grief and many afflictions? Trials and temptations. We face struggles in this life. Do we not struggle with sin, our own inward depravity? Struggle with one problem and woe after another? Do, do we not even struggle in the face of death? And in such a time, what is our priority? You, you think of a family. You think of people that you know of. And they're plunged into a time of calamity. Personal to them. Never mind national calamity. And what do you want to do to such individuals in the context of family and friends? Well, you want to go to them. You want to bring a word of comfort. You, you, you want to encourage them by your presence and, and, and maybe by the things that you do. Well, here's the greatest comforter ever. And God does bring comfort to his afflicted and troubled people even in a dire situation. Distress, depression, death. God's people in desperate need of comfort. And what does the Lord provide? The very thing that they need. Isn't it so mad and sad that so many of God's people live without knowing and experiencing this great comfort? In their lives, they're full of anxiety, full of fear. And they forget the Lord. They don't bring him into the picture. That's the subject of comfort. Now, now the second thing is this. The source of comfort. Look at this text of scripture. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. You see, the true origin of comfort is found in the Lord himself. As I read in the statement, true comfort is found alone in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of sinners. Do you know that in your Bible, if you turn over there to um, 2 Corinthians in chapter 1 and verse 3, we read, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Now, here's two of the titles by which God is known. The Father of mercies, three titles, because he's also known as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's called the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. You see, we can't and don't comfort ourselves in our darkness and in distress. We have no strength or ability. 
And here's the God of all comfort, a beautiful name for the Lord. And how sweet and, and soothing this is. In the middle of every fear, in the middle of our bitter woes, in the middle of our trouble, in the midst of death, in the midst of mourning, we have this God of heaven, our great creator and maker, the true redeemer of his people. And he comes alongside and he says, I, even I am he that comforteth you. The infinite one, the immutable one, the unchangeable one, the inexhaustible God. It's as if the Lord says in your situation, I'm by your side. Remember me. I'm with you. If I could use a, a colloquial from Bush Mills, dry your eyes. Yes, we have other comforters. But so often other comforters fail. Other comforters flee. There's other comforters who don't want to know you. But the Lord says, I, even I, am he that comforteth you. You see, he's infinite in wisdom. He knows your name and your need. He's immutable in his love. He loves you with an everlasting love. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. Are you here this morning in deep distress, state of depression, despair, fearful, and you stand in need of comfort? Well, God himself is the source of all comfort. And there is no comfort that the Lord can't provide. No comfort that we need that's not in the hand of God to give. There's no state that you can experience that's going to, to baffle him. There's no situation that can arise that would stop him coming. Remember the Lord Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. He's able to lift you up. He's able to make you stand. He's able to make you strong. Don't leave the Lord out. Don't forget him. Don't underestimate the Lord. Don't think or say he is not able. If Paul called him the God of all comfort, he is. You see, this was his knowledge of God. He had this experience in all his trials and troubles, in every situation in his life. Paul could talk about the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. This is not a mere academic exercise. This is not intellectual head knowledge. This is a real blessed experimental knowledge. Paul knew that in all his affliction, in every trial and trouble, he was comforted by God's person, God's presence, God's power, God's provision, God's peace. And therefore he was able to endure. Therefore he was able to experience real deep blessing. And you know, we too are enabled to bear up. We don't need to lose heart. We certainly don't have to face things alone. Isaiah is being very emphatic. I, even I, am he. He says it twice. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. The Lord takes it upon himself. Only God can do it. He alone can comfort and help his people. Thirdly, think about the substance of comfort. Well, what is comfort? Or what do we mean? Well, we could think about physical comforts. Do you like a nice warm bed? A good soft pillow? What about on a cold night? A hot bowl of soup? 
What about sitting in the comfortable chair with the fire on and a book in your hand and slippers in your feet? See, see, when people think of comfort, they're thinking of physical comforts. And there is such a thing as physical comforts, and we all enjoy them, this preacher included. But you know, you could have loads of physical comforts, and you could still have this fearful, this distress, this worried heart and mind. And you can still be sad, and you can be troubled in your heart and life. See, when the Bible speaks about comfort, God says, I even I am he that comforted. He's not thinking so much of physical comforts. I believe he's thinking of spiritual comfort. You see, <coughs> the word comfort in the Bible, the basic meaning of the Hebrew and the Greek is this. If you take the Greek word, para, and then you've got kaleo, from which we get the word paraclete. And the word para means beside. Kaleo means to call. So you've got one who's coming beside you to aid you, coming to call you, to help you, to to, to stand alongside you, to bring a consoling message, to cheer you up, to relieve and exhort and encourage and help, to come beside, to assist and help and cheer. That's positive. That's very practical. That's pictorial. And it all relates to living in a fallen, sinful world. If you think of the words in Isaiah chapter 40, we read here in Isaiah chapter 40, Comfort ye my people. Comfort ye my people, saith your God. Hi. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. The Hebrew is speak to the heart. You see, it's the heart and mind that needs to be changed. I could be sleeping in a, in a, a warm bed with a soft pillow and yet be full of anxiety and fear and worry. I could be sitting on a cold night having had soup and sitting in a comfy chair with a book and slippers and probably wanting to doze off to sleep but still be full of fear and anxiety in my heart and mind. You see, the word comfort relates to a heart and mind that's changed, an inward change, no longer full of fear, no longer full of anxiety. And who can bring that about? Well, only the Lord can affect and bring about that change. We can't change ourselves. We lack understanding, skill, sympathy, and empathy. And the only reality is this, that the Lord himself in his person, his presence, his peace, his protection, his provision, through our Lord Jesus Christ, comes alongside to comfort. Remember Job, Job 16 and 2, talked about miserable comforters. They were sincere, these men. But their assessment about Job was wrong. They were saying, this is calamities come about because of your sin. They couldn't change Job's heart and mind. The only true comforter that can bring about the change of heart, a change in the inside, is the Lord himself. And how does he do it? He speaks the word. The word changes us from the inside. He speaks to the heart. Remember in the upper room, the Lord Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. The Lord alone can change the heart and instill peace. Fourthly, think about the supply of comfort. Think of the word I even I am he that comforteth you. Who are the you? Well, they're the people of God. Matthew 5 and 4 says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. 
How? God is the God of all comfort. Think of the word all. Every kind. Variety. Totality of things. No Christian is faced, left to face life alone. You're not your own supplier. We're so prone to forget. The word you is only for the true believer. Those who have been born again of the Spirit. And today, sadly, in our nation, throughout the United Kingdom, true in Northern Ireland, even those that sit in the house of God, they are not his. They do not know him as Lord and Redeemer. They're not trusting in him. They don't know that he loves them and he cares for them and that he can come alongside and sit with them in life's journey because it's not a bed of roses and speak his word. How many face sorrows? They feel it so hard to bear. It takes a severe toll in their heart and their mind. Face sickness, is it not seen in their face? Etched in their mind. Face bereavement, the loss and pain, family members and friends. Our beloved monarch. Face struggles with sin. Wearied by our failures. Feel estranged from God. Feel that he's angry with us. That he doesn't love us and he doesn't. It's not true. He loves us freely. He said, I'll blot out your transgressions. We can know peace with God through our Lord Jesus. So whatever situation you face. And life is hard and unbearable. Harassing situation. You feel crushed under the weight. Then I point you to this supply of comfort. He's the God of all comfort. Can it be any stronger than that? He can supply your need. He can strengthen you. He he can comfort all who are fearful. A comfort for every sorrow, situation, sickness, death. No matter. It's a wide family when we think about afflictions and troubles. He repeats the word, comfort ye my people. Comfort ye my... He delights to do it. He does it gladly, wonderfully, joyfully, willingly. Not only the subject, not only think of the source and the substance and the supply, but think of this as we close, the solace of comfort. How does God comfort? You see, remember our sorrows and sicknesses, our trials and troubles, they're all temporary. They're all transient. They're all passing away. And if the Lord says, I, even I am he that comforteth you, how does God do it? Well, let me suggest as we finish four little sub-points. You've got the comfort of the Savior. Remember he said in the upper room to his disciples in John 14, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. In other words, I am with you. I am be your side. And therefore we should realize the powerfulness of his presence. The prophet asked the question, who art thou? It's in the singular. He's trying to remind people of of who God is. He's trying to remind people of what God does for his people. He he loves you. He cares for you. God's in control. God's at work in your life. 
God has redeemed you. He, he has saved you by the precious blood. Can you not say this morning, I am his? I am saved. I'm a true believer. He, 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 he saved me and redeemed me at a great cost. I'm the object of his love and care. I, I, I thank God for peace with God, a full and free pardon. I, I thank God for the precious blood. If you're his and Christ is with you and you have the comfort of the Savior, then who are you to be worried and fearful and gloomy and downcast. The Lord knows all about you. He's drawing out his everlasting consolations to you. What are you doing being afraid? He'll not forget you, not fail you, he'll not forsake you. If you're his, you've been bought by a price. If you're his, you've got a full and free and forever pardon. If you belong to him, then not only are you his and he's with you in the journey, but you're going home to heaven. Why then be afraid? One of the old Puritans called John Trapp was speaking about the king going to a coronation on a chariot. And somebody said to the king about riding in the chariot with no roof on it. And you're not going to get wet, your majesty. And this is what was said. He that rides to be crowned doesn't think much of a rainy day. The comfort of the Savior. Very quickly, you've got the comfort of the Scriptures. Turn over there to Romans, Romans chapter 15. And in the verse 4, the Apostle Paul says, For whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for our learning, that we might have patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. By his word. Didn't the psalmist say, this is my comfort in my affliction. There's a word from the lips of the Savior. God spoke. God applied his word. You see, if boys and girls, you think of this. Whenever you were little babies and you were crying, say in the middle of the night, you say in Balamina or Bushmills, you were born and greeting. You maybe had soiled your nappy. Or maybe you were looking milk. Or you were teething. And, and mommy comes in. And you've got big tears. And you're, you're bawling and shouting. What does mommy do? Well, she picks you up. And she says, now, now. There, pet. And she speaks your name. So if it was David, it would be, there now, David. What's wrong? Mommy's here, son. And because the child knows its mother... It's so soothing. And the Lord's not a mother. He's not saying I am mother, but he's saying, so as a mother comforteth you, so I will comfort my children. And how does he do it? By his speech. He speaks the word to soothe in the heart. He takes you up in his arms. If you're maybe like Samuel there, who's just turned eight on Friday, or, or, or maybe it's James and he's out riding his bicycle or, or on a set of roller skates and he, he, he falls off and he skins his knees or skins his elbow. What does he do? Well, he immediately starts to cry. That's what I did when I was a boy. And what do you do? You shout, Mommy! And you run into the house. What does Mommy do? She drops all. She picks you up on the knee. She puts her arms around you. She cuddles you for a wee bit. She talks to you. And after a little while, she may bandage your arm or knee. And after a little while, you're so comforted. And you forget all about the fall. And you're back out in the bike or back out on the scooter. That's the picture here. 
the comfort of the scriptures. God speaks his word. And what a wonderful thing it is to say that God has spoken. What about the comfort of the spirit? Turn over there to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. This is a tremendous truth. It's a sermon all in itself. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord. Listen to this. And in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. The comfort of the Spirit. The Spirit of God who indwells us. The Spirit of God who brings us that knowledge that Christ is with us. The Spirit of God who leads and guides us on the journey. Who never contradicts the scriptures. Who doesn't lead us into sin or sin. Who leads us into a life of sanctification. A life of sacrifice. A life of dedication. One final thing. You've been very patient this morning. Thank you. Think of the comfort of the saints. Turn back there to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And let me just leave this with you as we finish. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. In verse 4 we read, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Why? What's the purpose? What's the reason? That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. There's the comfort of the saints. He uses his people. The agency and help of other believers. You know, we need each other. We're part of a body. And in our fear and in our worry and in our troubles and in our distress, let's remember we need one another. They're brothers and sisters. And the comfort that they have experienced from the hand of God, they're able to take that comfort and they're able to use that to share with others and seek them to come alongside and comfort one another. Here's the solace of comfort. Do you get the picture? This is the way, the comfort of the Savior by our side. The comfort of the Scripture, speaking a word, the comfort of the Spirit, and the comfort of saints. That's the solace of comfort. Can you say this morning that you know Christ? Is he your Lord and Savior? Are you saved? Are you trusting in him? Is God your heavenly Father? Can, can you say Jesus Christ is my personal Redeemer? The Holy Ghost indwells me. If that is true, then you too can experience this comfort of God. May the Lord bless you this morning. Thank you for coming. And I trust that this message will be used widely even to help the nation and the people that mourn at this hour.